Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's mortgage mentor with more than 35 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. You'll learn to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently. Also, be sure to check out Jen's book, Launch, How to Take Your Business to New Heights. Available on Amazon. For a signed copy, contact Jen at jenduplessis.com. Now, here is certified mortgage planner and CEO of Kinetic Spark Consulting, Jen Duplessis. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, and today I have a wonderful guest with me, Catherine. And by the way, Catherine, I didn't ask you in advance how to pronounce your last name. So how do you pronounce it? It's Rochelo. Catherine Rochelo. And she is a business impact strategist who is passionate about creating positive social change through business, which we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about very specifically, in my mind, leadership. Leadership as it relates to having a positive atmosphere, a positive outlook, a positive culture, being a good leader, communicating really well with your team and building really, really strong teams. And we all know that that's really important these days as we continue to expand our businesses. We can't do it alone. And so Catherine brings to us extensive experience as an entrepreneur. And again, she's been very instrumental, especially in her diversified background of creating positive organizational change designed to boost profits and business growth while creating stronger teams, better communication, and effective leadership. And she does this through her Impact Business Blueprint program, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. Catherine lives in Northern Vancouver, British Columbia. So you're going to hear a little bit of an accent, which I absolutely love because now that, and let me tell you, we met at and have met and continue to meet on a regular basis. We're both in a program together, both in coaching together, a year-long coaching program called LEAD. And so I see her all the time on screen and then we get the opportunity to meet each other in person when we're able to go to some of our summits and retreats and workshops and whatnot. So I've grown to love and recognize the Canadian accent. <laughs> yes, just like all Americans have different accents, Canadians do too. Right, and right. Your dialect is... have regional accents within mm-hmm. Canada. Mm-hmm. Yep, we do too. That dialect is so different. Yeah. So let's just dig right in. So again, welcome, Catherine, and thank, thank you, you for taking time to share with us today. So I'm going to ask you, you know, one of the things that you talk about is something called a triple bottom line. And before we get into how we get to be more profitable, let's talk about this triple bottom line that you like to talk about as it relates to business. Well, if we think about it, organizations have more than just shareholders that they, in my mind, should be responsible for. And unfortunately, the way that we look at most organizations, they are profit-driven. And so it's their primary goal is for shareholder wealth. If we look at the new model of business, it is more of a stakeholder model. And so I use the triangle and it's the people, profit, and planet. And you mm-hmm. need all three factors in your organization So that is looking at your shareholders, it's looking at your employees, it's looking at your suppliers, it's considering 
your community, the world in general, the environment, but also your profit. Because if you have a business that is profitable, plus they have a purpose, they create positive change in the world for any or all of those stakeholders. And so when we think about employees today, they want to be with companies that do more than just make money. Absolutely. And so really, that's where the triple bottom line comes in. So it stands for people, profit and planet. And it is a model that sort of looks at how do we maximize the benefit for all three factors when we're making decisions, when we're looking at operations, and when we're looking at outcomes. Yeah, I love that. And you know, you're right. I mean, this is a very big topic right now, maybe in Canada, and maybe I'm just in the wrong segment of the market. But you know, of course, I hear about environmental, but When you say planet, for me, it means community because that seems to be something that is a buzzword that's running around in in my circle, right, is that community involvement, helping people in the community. And, And so planet may not be environmental. It may not be about geological. It's the people that are on the planet, right? And it's helping people around and in. I know that employees have been more attracted to that. Mm -hmm. you know, in the future. Okay. And and really that is a purpose. Like, so when you think about it, people can be people in your organization as Mm -hmm. well as your community. The planet can be other factors in your community, not only the people. So there are other things in the community that you need to be considering. Absolutely. Yep. I love that. I love that. Okay. So what do you mean by impact? Well, impact, whenever I go into a room, I'll say, How many of you in your business want to make a positive impact in the world? And everybody raises their hand, like everybody. Right. And then I turn around and I say, how many of you can measure the impact that you make? And nobody can. So what I... Because you're hoping you are. Yes. I mean, I'm speaking from my perspective as an entrepreneur, right? I'm going... And and you're not alone. But I don't know how to measure it. Yeah. Exactly. And we all want to do that. There is an impact we make by delivering our product and service. So for your audience, if you're a lender or you're a realtor, you're trying to make a positive impact by helping people get the home that they desire or the business that they desire. But that's one impact. The impact that I sort of tend to talk about is that indirect impact. It's beyond what you just deliver. So how are you benefiting the people in your organization, the people in your community, the environment, in addition to, so that's what I call the ripple effect. Mm -hmm. We create an impact by delivering a product or service that we're passionate about and that we're good at, but what's that indirect ripple effect that creates a positive impact? So when we hire people to work with us, whether we're contractors or we hire as add to our team as a larger organization, we positively benefit people in our community because now we hire those people. They can now spend more money. They can sort of help other people and it benefits out from there. So that's what I mean by impact is it's that ripple effect beyond you just delivering your product or service. Yeah, I love that. But how do you measure it? I mean, I mean, I guess going back to that original question is like, for example, when I'm speaking someplace, you know, someone will come up to me and say, oh my gosh, I saw you speak at blah, 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 you know, three years ago, you changed my life, right? And I'm like, ooh, make a note of that. But to me, it's not measurable because I can't go out and grab it. I know that, and I hope to God that I'm doing that, that I'm making an impact on people's lives. But how do you measure something that's so intangible? 
So if you think about it, it may be, say, for example, as a solopreneur or a contractor, you have resources. It's your skill set. It may be for some realtors, like they have vans that they use for their clients. But there's times when those vans aren't being used for their clients. They're just sitting. Well, right. they could lend that to a nonprofit for maybe delivering food to the community. Their van gives them credibility, a shared resource, but it has a greater impact. So the person who has that van that lends it out can say, I lend my van out 15 days of the year. And that the impact is we feed 50 families every trip. So 15 times 50. There's your impact. You measure those kinds of things. Volunteer hours, you know, that you're doing. You can measure that. You can convert that into a dollar amount. That mm-hmm. becomes a measurable entity. So, for example, I met, I track all of my volunteer hours. And as of the last time I checked, I was over 200 hours of volunteer time this year alone. Mm-hmm. And I do that regularly. And so it's just another metric because that's me giving back to my community that wouldn't happen if I didn't do it. Right. So, and I love that because the company I was with before I transitioned, you know, out of origination into being a full-time speaker and coach, we did a lot of volunteer hours. And actually we encouraged our employees to take time off of work to do those hours. We didn't just let them have it. I mean, we knew the event was going on and and we all did it together. We had t-shirts whenever we were working, you know, together. And so I think that's really good. How do you, if you're measuring that impact, but how do you tell the world about that? I mean, do you I mean, I get on social media, you can say, hey, look at me, I'm holding a hammer for Habitat for Humanity. But if you're doing more silent things, more things that, you know, that maybe you don't want to share to the world, or maybe they're more private. And what I'm going at, let me just tell you what it is. You know, I'm Catholic. I say that all the time on here. I'm Catholic and I deliver communion to people. I can't take pictures Mm -hmm. of people at their homes, you know, with communion and stuff. And I know I'm making an impact in my community in that way. That's one way that that I do volunteer work. The other work that I do is I work for volunteer at a veterans facility, right? Where they're dealing with PTSD and not really something I want to say other than, hey, everybody, I just wanted to say hi. And I'm walking in today to the veterans facility. And I want to just, you know, say that I'm, I'm contributing my time. And if you can do it in your neighborhood, great. So what are some ways that we could be sharing this to allow for the ripple without it being in a contained vacuum? What I always say is that each of us has the ability in our businesses once a year to put out maybe a small impact report. We can summarize what were our goals for the year, what are those things and actions that we have taken to be more environmentally friendly, to better pay our team members or to take care of our team members. How have we used our time? So that example of allowing employees time off of work at right. paid time, they are a representative of your company, but they're doing something that the employee is also very passionate about. It, there's a win-win-win there. There's that triple win that I always like to talk about because the employee wins, the company wins, and the mm-hmm. recipients win. Why not? And so we can talk about it. We don't have to do it with a lot of pictures. This is not a PR stunt. This is something that should be heart-driven. It should be part of your course. It should be part of your core operation. And you're just reporting on it the same way you would report on your financials. You brought in, you know, your revenues. You're not going to tell everybody what your total revenues are unless you're a public company. But you are going to say, 
we had a very successful sort of year this year and here's what we did with it. But some of the things can be, you know, you might be proud of the fact that you do pay your employees maybe five hours a year to go out and volunteer or that you pay them at a living wage. Those are things that are so valued but are often just swept under the table. We need to have a way of communicating with transparency and integrity. And I would say that's the whole thing. It's not for PR. This is something that we just integrate into being great human beings and great Mm -hmm. business owners. Right. Yeah. And I'm trying to just figure out how you would do it if you're not a company who puts out a report, right? Okay. And you're an individual. And that's where I was going with that is You know, as an individual loan officer, the only way that I have to do that is to sort of, you know, put it out there on social media, right? If I'm a loan officer for me as a company, right? Because I'm an individual, that sort of thing would be that again, would be where it's at. Now, I can tell you that when I was originating, one of the things that we did is, you know, there's three charities that I'm involved in. So I offered to give $100 per closing to a charity of the client's choice, as long as they pick for my three, right? I couldn't give it to everybody, you know, and I would donate in their name. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that was really cool and people really liked it and stuff. I didn't tout that though. I did. I mean, it was for my no. clients. I didn't think yeah. that I needed to, and I probably should have because it would have shared the fact that I would do that if you came to me and I probably would have gotten business as a result of it. You you know, and, and I think that's like in my, in my company, I have what I call my more than green plan. And what that means is, money's green and Mm -hmm. the environment's green. My passion has always been people. So that's why obviously I work in leadership and communication and with teams is so that's how it came about more than green 2% of all of my gross revenue, that top line revenue goes to charity. I have four charities that I support very much like you. I picked my charities. I automatically, anybody who works with me knows that money goes the way that I'm able to then further support them is I'm able to promote my charities in different ways. So I can say, oh, there's a fundraiser or there is this happening or this event is happening that I know is going to help that charity. That's what I do. So as an individual, we all have the ability to have that kind of impact. As a person, you could say for every sale I make or for everything I do, but the conscious consumer is very, very prevalent in today's world. These are consumers who want to do business with organizations and companies that do more than just make a profit. Yeah. So if you communicate as an independent, as a person that is doing this, and you're doing this out of the graciousness of your heart, you can share that and do so because you're being consistent, you're doing it in integrity, you're doing it transparently, people will come to you. It does attract business. It is a client attractor. People want to want to connect with people who have the same values as them. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay. So let's kind of move on. I mean, because this is, and we talked about the shift that's been happening a little bit, but let's talk about how to build stronger teams and have better communication. There are a lot of Um, I would say there's a lot of finger pointing that goes on, at least, you know, what I see with entrepreneurs is they don't ever blame themselves for hiring the wrong person. (laughs) Okay. And it may may very well be the right person, but then once they get them in, they don't communicate with them properly. So they end up losing them anyway. So whether it's the right or wrong person because of the lack of communication. And I think what happens with a lot of leaders and, and team leads and managers and whatnot, and entrepreneurs to that extent, 
is that they were really good in their craft and now they've been elevated into this leadership position either by attrition or by production or someone planted a seed that said, you're a great widget maker, you should have a widget maker company. But now they're thrust into this job, right, into this position. They can't seem to grow the team and this is the frustration that they have is that they're running around like a chicken with their head cut off. So can you concisely tell us, you know, how do we build better teams and then, you know, how do we communicate with them? I mean, and maybe it's how do we communicate to build better teams or maybe it starts at the hiring process. Number one, when it comes to onboarding, you want to have a proper system that takes you through the hiring process. What are your interview questions? What are they, what are you trying to find out? Make sure you do that when you bring somebody on, orient them give them the policies, the procedures, walk them through what you need them to do. That is number one. And if you don't orient, take the time to train and orient somebody at the beginning, they're going to flounder and they're going to do their own things. You're losing control. So that's number one. And I find a lot of companies undervalue the, the onboarding process. Yeah, that's one. Number two, as a leader, you have a responsibility to inspire those that are below you or that are Mm -hmm. following you. I mean, a leader leads and people follow. We have an obligation to do that. I think you put the nail or the hammer right on the head of the nail is not all great employees are great leaders. And sometimes what happens is the wrong person gets into a leadership role. Mm -hmm. They are better doing their job than they are at being a people manager. So you really need somebody who is a people manager that's also relatively good, but maybe not your best employee to be in that leadership role. So there's another thing is find the right leaders and promote them. And the great, great employees, they may be highly productive. Maybe they're better just continuing to produce. Yeah, I think that you bring up, and I know you'll probably have another point here, but I think you bring up a really good point. You know, I was thinking about this. I'm coaching someone right now, a loan officer who is great at origination and not so great at managing, right? Mm -hmm. And managing people and gets very frustrated, is very snippy with everyone, condescending, that kind of thing. An enabler, not an empowerer, Mm -hmm. right? They don't empower people to do their job. They just say, give it to me, I'll just do it. Mm -hmm. And what we've done is that we hired a team manager to be a buffer between that team lead, because technically they are the team lead, to be a buffer between the team lead and the actual team. And this person is, you know, a people person, doesn't know a lot about the industry, but knows a lot about people. And it's worked out so well. So I love that point. I just wanted to drive it home. So what other points do you have on that? Another one is that you need to build relationships with each and every member of your team. Mm-hmm. One of my tricks and my, you know, I recommend this all the time is that you need to have a daily conversation with everybody on your team. If you possibly can, I have run remote teams. I would have to, and this was even before we had things like zoom and, and all mm-hmm. the video calls, I would get on the phone and I would talk to everybody every day. How are you doing? Is there anything I can do to help you? But if you're in one location, if you can have a daily huddle, And a huddle, just think of like football, the huddle, they come together, they create their plan, what's our priority, and then we snap, and then we go, and then we execute. Mm -hmm. Your daily huddle is an opportunity for everybody to come together, share their top priorities, identify where the roadblocks are, what are the opportunities available, and 
for us to set the plan. Then we go out and we execute. It yeah. should only take about 10 to 15 minutes. Right. That's it. If you can set a time where everybody comes together and you have a standardized format, you report, you go, and then the follow-up happens out of this meeting, you're not troubleshooting anything. You're just bringing things forward. Then it's who's going to be responsible for following through on this. You identify that, the team goes out, it all gets looked after. It is amazing. And it builds team, it builds communication, it builds trust, and it builds relationship. If you as a leader do not have relationships beyond just barking orders, <laughs> then you're not going to get the productivity, you're not going to have the engagement, and you're not going to have the retention that you need, and you're not going to deliver the customer service that you want, which is yeah. driving your bottom line. I love that. I love that. And for those that have been listening for a really long time, and Catherine, you probably don't know that, but I talk about huddles all the time. I'm the 15 minute huddle every single morning, you know, just, and you're right. You have to have an agenda on. It has to be very specific. You can't, otherwise it'll be a 20 minute huddle and you'll start losing the game, right? Because you keep getting penalized. So you want to constantly be, you know, prepared for the huddle. Everyone's prepared for it. Everyone goes. It's forward thinking. Yeah. You know what? When you have a road, when you have a roadblock, you need to identify what that roadblock is. That's something that's stopping you from being successful. Mm -hmm. So when you just bring it up as a point of fact that, you know, the photocopier is broken and I can't photocopy all of the agreements or the printers down or whatever. If you just say that now somebody has to be delegated to get that fixed. Yep. You know, most people won't even say anything. They'll just mumble and grumble. Well, no, (laughs) it comes forward. Somebody now is delegated to deal with it and away we go. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally agree with it. I love that. So Catherine, what is it like to be you? What is it like to be me? Challenging. (laughs) I mean, I'm so passionate about what I do. I love working in leadership. I love working with passion-driven and mission-driven, you know, entrepreneurs and businesses. I love to see teams come together. And so for me, I would say that I have the opportunity to work a very rewarding career and can have an amazing change both on my clients and their teams, as well as the greater good through my company and and my efforts to be more of a B Corp impact business model. And I do believe that we all together can, can make a huge difference. So I'm really honored that I have that opportunity. So for me, I think my days are filled with talking to people, trying to look at new opportunities, training, educating, coaching, I love that whole world and I really do want to see others succeed. So I'm, I always say I'm not very sporty, but I'm a world's greatest cheerleader and I take that right into my business. <laughs> I, saw, I know. And I saw that in your biography. I love that. So do you have a gift for our listeners? Do you have a, a I, place that they can go and get a blueprint? Yes, I do. I have an article actually on becoming an impact business. But you could use it even as a person. Although I do, it does have a definite business focus. It would definitely be there. And what I would do is anybody who does sign up for it, what we would be able to do is I will follow up with something that has a leadership slant. I can put that together and have everybody. So it'll come as a secondary gift for anybody who does get the impact. Okay, that's great. So it's five simple business strategies to create or ignite impact and create change. It has that a little bit of a leadership slant 
that I'll attach as an addendum to that okay. because I That's can do awesome. that for your audience. And I think it would be quite valuable. That means more work in your lead program. That's okay. I know that. <laughs> I know what that means. Okay. So how are we get access to that program? So if we're listening now, what is the best way for us to get access to that? This is an ebook. And so the best thing to do is go to a bit.ly and then it will be... Okay, we'll put the link yeah. down in Sorry, there. I had to sit here and think, where's my link? Yeah, it's okay. We'll put the link in. Okay, put in, it in uh, inside. In the show but, notes. Yeah, it, it's, it's all there. It'll have the leadership component attached to it. So you'll see from a business perspective and you'll see from a leadership perspective. And I think it's one of those ones I've been working on. And so you're just... Yeah, no, I, and I think it's great because... You have to get it done. <laughs> yeah, I think it's great because we do have a lot of managers and entrepreneurs who listen in and, you know, this is good for them as well. And, and quite frankly, anyone who's in the lending or real estate space, you know, while one is paid 1099 and the other's paid a W-2, we really are in, you know, our own business owners. So it's, it's yeah. fine that it's written that way. You know, I think that's wonderful. So Catherine, one of the things that I ask a lot of my guests is to tell us about a book that you're reading that you would like to share with everyone or give us one of your favorite quotes. Well, book that I am reading is, I'm actually rereading Good to Great. Oh yeah. Because I love that book. Mm-hmm. I always extract things out of that book. And so it's one of my favorites. So that is, I'm rereading. But my favorite quote is from Yoda from Empire Strikes Back. And it is, do or do not, there is no try. Yeah. What that means to me is you do your best whenever you do something and you just do it to your absolute. And if you don't do your best, you're only going halfway and you might as well not do it. Yeah, I agree. All in or not. yeah. Yeah. And I even put that quote right on the back of my business card. That's great. For those that are listening, also, we have a collaborative book coming out for that you and I both are part of, and I don't know how many others. So it's funny because I say, uh, I wrote one twenty-first of a book or one seventeenth of a book. <laughs> we each have a chapter. It's a collaborative. It's called The Game Changer. It will be out here shortly. In fact, by the time that this podcast is released, I'm sure it's already going to be released. So if you're listening in, we'll put a link there so you can get a copy of that as well to hear more about what Catherine has to say. So it's been an absolute pleasure, Catherine. Thank, thank you, you so much for joining us today. And for those of you that are listening and watching on YouTube, Again, please go write a review. Give us a five-star rating, write a review, subscribe, and pay it forward. You know, we were talking about that today. Let that ripple go out there to help others in the industry and outside of the industry so that they can have that personal and professional development that forges their business forward. So again, I say thank you so much for listening in. And Catherine, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much, Jen. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Looking to streamline and launch your practice by accessing Jen's tools, courses, classes, presentations, and resources? Visit jenduplessis.com to learn about the features and benefits thousands of other professionals have experienced by enrolling in Jen's Lifetime Membership Program. Isn't it about time you consider a coach to take your business to new heights? Contact Jen to start your application process today. Thanks again, and be sure to tune in next week.